Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter at Braggley. It's B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. No Brandon tonight, but I'm hanging out with my soon-to-be fellow millionaire producer, Seth. You can block him on Twitter. It's at Setah5, S-E-T-A-H-5. If we disappear from the podcast, if it doesn't exist anymore, it's because we've won whatever lottery thing we've wasted too much money on tonight. Seth, what's up? Uh, just count the millions before they uh, before they come in, man. What's the first thing you're buying? What are you doing? I am hiring a contractor. That's the first thing I'm doing. I'm going to just I, pay off the house, I think. Yeah, right. And then just pay off the house. Yeah, and then immediately start adding on and updating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Um, well, we're, we're on a bye week. So, the five-game losing streak is over. <laughs> For now, the Indian Hoosiers sit at 3-5 and five after a hot 3-0 and oh start, um, defeating what turns out to be the leader in the West in the Big Ten um, and the front runner to go to Indianapolis to play Ohio State or Michigan, I guess. We need to be fair. Um, and that was Illinois. So uh, wins over Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, and then five consecutive losses, including a loss uh, to Cincinnati and then four straight in the conference. Uh, we've been through all of them. We don't need to delve on that too much more this is the state of the program pod if you guys weren't listening to the bye week last week we just kind of go over mvps after so many games so it's been eight games at this point offense defense special teams and then we give players or coaches or entire position groups to watch for the rest of the season and why we pick those players uh and if you haven't noticed brandon's not here um but we do have brandon's picks for those so we'll do those whenever we get there um Real quick, they did release today on, uh, what is today, Wednesday? Wednesday, October 26th, they released the 2023 schedule for Big Ten football. Um, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, we knew who we were playing, I think, um, outside of the crossover games at home against Ohio State to start. Um, that's got another Friday night written all over it, I think. Um, unfortunately, and then four consecutive games at home. And that's, I'm doing the bunny ears on the camera right now, uh, because we play, I want to say it's Indiana state, Louisville, Louisville, Louisville at Lucas oil stadium. And then we play Akron at home. So, and I had to look up that logo, Seth, I guess. I thought it was army. Yeah, I remember you right? played against him a couple, a few years back, right? Maybe, so maybe. I thought, nah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was like guessing. I was like, I think Akron's on the schedule, but it is a weird, weird logo for, for Akron. But yeah, Akron's the last one. And then, then they start uh, Big Ten play after that. So um, 
toughest games in a row seem to be towards the end of the season at Penn State, Wisconsin at home, and at Illinois. But if that's the toughest stretch of games, I'll take that. I'll take it because we've had much tougher. So um, that's it for news. Do you have anything else you want to add on schedule or anybody got anything interesting that you saw on, on the other? Yeah, per- Purdue has the double Ohio State Michigan crossover. So welcome fearing, to fearing the worst. Yep. Uh, what did I say? It was Iowa, Illinois, and Northwestern who got the double buy. Uh, they've avoided both Ohio State and Michigan. Um, Illinois back to back. I was going to say so. Yeah, that the resurrection of uh, what Fat Fitzgerald. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so one of those two, uh, <laughs> or maybe maybe Brian Ferentz will finally run an offense. I don't know. Maybe one of those three will probably be a heavy favorite to win the West. <laughs> And then, and then divisions go away. So like, so they say we have it not. It's not been confirmed, right? Oh, sorry, we don't know that. What Speculating. That yeah, UCLA rampant USC. So, um, my brother asked me a very interesting question today because we were talking about that, and he's like, "Really? Where'd you see the divisions go away?" I was like, "I haven't." But here's kind of like what we're talking about, and we gave the breakdown of the four, uh, I guess, four divisions inside the conference of four teams each. His question was, how do you get to a championship game with four winners? Do you do a mini tournament? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, that's exactly what I said. I said, that's a great, or a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have no, I have no reply to that. I don't know. <laughs> it was a fantastic question. So I did like that when you group the four pods by geographic region mm-hmm. um, and you use circles to, to <laughs> encapsulate those areas, it looks like a penis. <laughs> so again, bringing the hard hitting details straight <laughs> to you. If you haven't done it, okay, go ahead and pull up a, a map of the big 10 schools in 2024. I don't know where our friend found this, but find, find that. Okay. And then just do the circles with these conferences or with these divisions. Are you ready? UCLA, USC, Iowa, Nebraska. And then do Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern. No, 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 no. Iowa, Michigan, and no, no, no. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State. So let's start over because I've just screwed all of that up. Let's start over. I'm not editing this out. Let me go find the text that I said. Let so me, I got it. It's I've got US... it right here in front of me. I got it. Here okay. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Make circles around these teams, okay? IU, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. Okay, that circle's done. UCLA, USC, this is a long one. Iowa, (laughs) Nebraska. Okay? Tell me when you're done. Okay, you're done. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan State, Michigan. Okay? And then Ohio State, Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State. Those are, the, those are the divisions right there. Now, what I could also see them doing is just keeping it basically east-west and then taking the top four, the top two things that we put together and then the other two things that we put together and making those divisions. Or somehow they'll keep IU and Ohio State in the same thing. But No, it's more that, fun our way. You'll, you'll, that's basically, what, what were those called? Connect the dots back yeah. in the day in, in the uh, the old coloring books? But yeah, there you go. Do that and you'll get a penis. So, or some sort of representation of that, or I don't know. I think it's got like a third ball or something. Who knows? We are already off the rails. So let's get back on. 
Um, MVPs, Seth, uh, after eight games. Can you get Brandon's real quick? Oh, I'll just shoot. do all of them. Offense, defense, special teams. Yeah, so Brandon had Cam Camper as the offensive uh, MVP. Okay. I think that's that's a tough one to disagree with. It is. Uh, he had Desan McCullough as the defensive MVP. Of course. Okay. And James Evans okay. as the special teams MVP. He has taken all three of my top choices. Yeah, exactly. The same ones that I wrote details about. Uh-huh. Awesome. Okay, cool. Seth yeah. on offense. Oh, sorry. Did he have anything to add to that, or are we? Good? No, he just gave the he just gave uh just gave the names. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna go where I'll start with mine. On and yeah, on offense, I had Josh Henderson. Uh, he's first in touchdowns with six. Mm-hmm. Not a, not an overly high number. That's, through eight, no, well, but, that's higher than what I thought. So three on the ground and three and through the air. Which I was yeah. getting to that. He leads the team in receiving touchdowns. That was my biggest surprise. I expected surprise. it to be like five and one, something like that. But it's a it's a yeah three three split. He is third in yards from scrimmage with four sixty five, behind Cam Camper and uh, and Sean Shivers. However, he's doing that on only seventy three touches. Compared to Sean Shivers, who has 123 by comparison. Um, so his usage and effective ratings are, let's just say, higher. Yes. Um, so imagine if he was given a true 50-50 split on touches. Uh, he, he would probably be right around Cam Camper's total scrimmage yards. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those, like, you wish you would use him a little bit more. But given his opportunities limited as they as they may be, um, he has been very effective touching the ball. I've texted and tweeted multiple times that good things seem to happen when Josh Henderson's on the field. Even as a decoy, he's, you know, people, he, he draws eyeballs um, and makes opportunities for other players. Um, he's actually pretty good in pass protection as well. There's several times where I think he's probably the best pass blocking uh, running back, even though, you know, he's probably better as a receiver. Um but he, but of the main three running backs, he's probably the most consistent uh, blitz picker upper as well. So, I, I uh, gave the nod to of of only two really viable candidates. Um, I gave him the nod, awesome. and he's played in every game too. Yeah, so that, and I'm that trying was a to differentiator sit here and, between and, the other one. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what his eligibility is going to be. Freshman year, he played eight. Sophomore, he played twelve. Junior, he only appeared in three. I believe he got injured. So he can redshirt that. So if that redshirts and he gets a COVID year because he played in 20. This would mean this is his. Yeah. So he would should have two years max left. Man, I hope he stays. stays. Um, He would have to sit out a full year if he transferred. So that's he is exhausted as one time uh, immediate eligibility. So waiver shivers i believe is done i think this is his last stop no matter what um 2018 19 20 21 and 22 so he's yeah he should be i think he is done with eligibility so henderson if he doesn't pick it up before the start the end of the season should be due for rb1 next year and that yeah be- he has to be the the heavy favorite right yeah yeah, would, even with a with so. a hard charging Jalen Lucas behind him, he still I, I, has to yeah. be. 
I don't think you can start Jalen work- Lucas as yeah, running back. I don't think one. he's a workhorse. Yeah. No, we love Jalen Lucas, believe me, we do. But, but Josh Henderson is the more every down back type yeah, player. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you should see a lot of both of them. Oh, for sure. The for time. sure. Yeah. Right. In this in the backfield at the same time, all of the time. So all right. Yeah. So my offensive MVP, I did not have him, believe it or not. I figured you would take him. I, I love Josh. Um, another guy I'm really starting to love is Emory Simmons. Um, came Ooh. on real strong over the last few weeks. Second on the team in catches with 29. Um, second came the into team. the season as the fourth receiver, too. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, you had to have Camper, Kobe, and Matthews well ahead of him on the depth chart. Oh, yeah. So. Yep, and he's had to fight off uh, Javon Swinton as well um, to get in there. So Emory Simmons, for me, 29 catches, 309 yards receiving. Um, I think he's had a no, no runs for him, but, um, with one touchdown, but he's also made some big time catches here of late. Um, so I, I, I just think he's a really good player and I think he's somebody that we need to, we need to watch coming up, uh, as the rest of the season goes on. I wanted to put Jalen Lucas in there. He just had, we just haven't seen enough Jay Lou yet. So, yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, and he's, except for. Rutgers he's really been coming on strong three of the last four games picked it up 57 57 99 yards against Maryland yeah look at the catches though I think it's like seven nine six nine. seven six yep. yeah so I mean he's definitely if not number one he's definitely number two in receiving those those last few games so including a 40 yarder against uh, Maryland yeah um which was in double coverage by the way if you haven't seen that catch it was great uh went up in between i think he was held i think they ended up calling pass interference on it anyway but he made a huge catch uh for that 40 yarder it was great um defense seth mvp there's there's one easy one and there's so i had three viable candidates okay so let me go through my thought process on all these. Desan McCullough, because I'll start with him because that's what Brandon started with. He's not the guy who you're going to come up here and give a bunch of stats as to why he's the best. Sure, he has four sacks and he's leading the team. He also has the most sack yards, four uh, sacks and 33 yards lost. Uh, doesn't have a ton of tackles, but what he does is multiple. He's on this mm-hmm. coverage team. He's a you know a, a pass rush specialist. Uh, the the amount of tackles he's had downfield has definitely been impressive. Uh, the other two being Cam Jones and Aaron Casey. If you look at sheer tackles by volume, those would be the the two leading candidates. If you go by team leaders, Cam uh, Cam Jones obviously would be a really easy choice. The differentiator between the two for me is availability, which is the biggest ability. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Cam Jones just hasn't been available the last few games. Um, so it's really hard, even though his tackles per game are off the charts, his pressures, everything. If you talk about per game stats, he's he's far and above the the right answer. Um, but I settled with settled isn't the right word, but uh, I went with Aaron Casey. Yeah, I think he's been the most all around player. Um, he wasn't, he was clearly kind of the MLB two to start the season. Um, he's really filled in, uh, for cam since he's been out, picked up his game. And that's really that elevation with cam Jones being out is, is my differentiator. Um, he's been the one who stepped up. He's really taken a hold of the defense and has been, um, the leader in the place of cam Jones. Um, so that's what I went with, uh, 40 solo tackles. 65 total one and a half sacks not that great only one pass defended uh, but the really impressive thing is two forced fumbles mm-hmm. um, 
So when you're looking for a game changer, a guy who can separate the football from the man, um, yeah, that that's something you got to take, uh, you know, tip your hat to. So Aaron Casey uh, was my midseason, or well, not midseason. No, what is it? Two thirds of the way through the yeah. season. By week, by week MVP. Yeah, I I'm trying to find. I can't find TFLs. It's almost like they've just taken them off. Um, for Casey, because I feel like it'd be pretty high. Uh, I mean, I had the other one. I had them both. Honestly, I had Cam Jones and Aaron Casey. Uh, I had McCullough number one, as I said, but then I wrote down Cam Jones and Aaron Casey. Cam Jones's per game tackle rate is insane. I mean, he's got 54 total tackles and he's played, he's missed the last he's three, played three, three and a half games, four say, and a half games. Yeah, three and a half games, I think it is. So he's played four and a half games at 54 tackles total. Um, one sack, seven, seven yards on the sack, one pass defended, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. The guy is, when he's out there and hopefully he comes back after the bye week, he's a difference maker. And if we see him and Casey back there again, I mean, we haven't seen that combo since. And Jennings and pass coverage. Yeah. Uh, who's, who's definitely the best linebacker in coverage. He's yeah. been good. Good shout it, on that. It's a form, formidable. A, a couple uh, other good ones. I mean, Bryant Fitzgerald's having a really good season um, yeah. for him. He's 48 total tackles for him as well. An interception. Um, as well as a half sack. He's played really well over the last couple of weeks. Um, so good to see that from him. So, yep. So we've got all three of the ones I wrote down. We've talked about all three of them. So Deshaun McCullough, Cam Jones, and Aaron Casey, all the defensive MVPs. So special team, Seth. So Brandon went with James Evans, as we said before. Again, mm-hmm. I think this is a really strong, I think this is the best position group by far on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have expected that coming into the season. I thought Chucky Campbell was pretty damn good, but I thought beyond that, it was there was some potential, but not a lot of execution. Um, so I had James Evans, Chuck Campbell, and Jalen Lucas as the three viable candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ultimately went the same route that Brandon did, and uh, I went with James Evans. Um, for me, um, like I, again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to trump on this too much, but he did not have the greatest start to the season. But in each game of the season, he has kicked, uh, punted, sorry, at least a 50 yarder, uh, with his long being 61 at Nebraska. He's punted 46 times, 44 and a half uh, yards per punt, and more importantly, his net is above 40. So not only is he punting for distance. Uh, he's punting in a way that helps the coverage team limit any opportunities for return, um, which is a uh, you know when again when you t- think about the progress uh, the progress that IU has made as a as a program over the years, uh, special teams and defense have typically been the things that have let them down. Usually they've had a strong offense, and the other kind of ancillary pieces have let them down. Um, this year seems to be an exact opposite of that, where the defense and the special teams have really uh, tried to carry and make up for a lackluster offense. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you, uh, we've, we've touched on all of these guys. So I had James Evans. I also had Jalen Lucas, but we can talk about Chucky Campbell since we've talked about Lou um, enough, I think in this podcast, uh, Chuck Campbell as well too, but 18 to 18 on, on extra points, 12 of 15 um, at on field goals attempted uh, a miss inside 20 yards, which I think that was in the rain against Idaho. Yeah. And then the other miss I believe was against Idaho as well. And then the 50-yarder was last week, and it was a 51-yarder against Rutgers, where I think Seth determined that I think maybe a bad hold or bad snap, one of the two. Um, I mean, you could you could go down the list. I mean, Sean Ratcher 
isn't he's an NFL long snapper. He's very highly rated long snapper in the country. Um, Jalen Lucas again is coming on. He's finally been given the green light to start returning kicks, which is great. And we saw how well that works out uh, last week. So um, special teams again, really, really high on that too. Just need to get the offense moving. So um, anything else you want to add on MVPs and then we'll move on to IU players to watch for the rest of the season. Okay, good. A uh, super quick word from our sponsor, Mona and Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand built on deep love for the sport and the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to shop their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. As a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10. That's LEO10 at checkout to get 10% off. Now, let's move on. Let's do... um. IU players to watch one from each side of the ball. We don't have to do special teams. It could be a coach. It could be a position group. What do you got? What's Brandon got offense, defense. Did he give us one of these? No, he didn't. Okay. You tell me then on offense. What do you got? Yeah. My position group is I really want to see how there, there's two position battles that nobody's that sorry. Everybody online is talking about, but it seems like everybody else is downplaying in the program. Uh, that is the quarterback situation, the running back situation. Um, I will go with the running back situation. I really want to see how that shakes out. Um, I think it's been proven over the course of the year thus far that Shivers is not an every down back, certainly not a first and second down back. Uh, I've said on this episode that uh, Henderson is the more all around purpose or all purpose back, uh, truly a first and second down. He's got a little bit more bulk to him. Uh, and then Jalen Lucas as a gadget player, you know, I want to see how they share the football what is the touched load that they try to put on like uh try to put on the players i've i've hearkened on this a few times you need to get the ball to the to the best players on the team um and they did do a better job of making sure the running backs sort out <laughs> who gets those touches and when a little bit better yeah and I, I think the running backs have that's what i think i just don't think that we've seen that the change on the field or in the depth chart. So hopefully we'll see if we can get that going. That kind of covers my first one, which was Jalen Lucas. I think he's going to be really exciting to watch uh, the rest of the year, but I'll go with one that you talked about uh, that you didn't really dive into. And that's the quarterback position because Seth, as I said, before we started, um, man, like my other team, the Colts, they just made a change out of nowhere. Um, we, I think we'd been calling for it, but didn't think it was actually going to happen. Um, I'm not sure. You, I think you've seen what you're going to get out of Baz, and it may be time uh, to make the change. I called for Dexter Williams. And the reason I called for Dexter Williams was um, just that his running ability, um, and we haven't seen it. It's, it's, the, it's the great unknown in IU football. You've seen the first string. You've seen the second string. You've seen the fourth string. I, I'm assuming McCauley's fourth string or fifth string or whatever he is at this point. Yeah, You've seen the fifth string. You've seen Grant Grimmel. You've seen it. You know what to get from it. We have no idea what Dexter Williams can do. We've heard nothing but great things in spring ball and everything else that Tom, uh, um, where was I going there? Tom Allen oh, talks about. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know me, it's hard for me to call for it. I'm not as upset as I was on Saturday. Um, but I think the quarterback position could be interesting to see what plays out, especially Seth say that, say that they lose the next two pretty handily, which I wouldn't expect them to, but 
say that they do, I would expect a change pretty quick. And if not, then it's going to be pitchforks and, and uh, torches. Yeah, I mean, I think I said it at the end of the at the Rutgers game is that every snap that Baz takes the remainder of the season is a detriment towards the progress of future talent on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I mean, you made the case for Dexter Williams. That that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm just saying that it needs to be a spark, and usually, the most obvious way to instill some kind of a spark in a stagnant team is a change of the quarterback position. Yeah. I think what what's exciting about Dexter Williams, like you said, is the running game. At least you can get 10 guys blocking in unison, working together. And I mean, if you have to win a game because you run for 300 yards, I don't think anybody's going to complain about it. Um, so Brandon, it doesn't matter how... Brandon well, would complain about it. <laughs> he would complain about it. Right. But I mean, a win's a win, especially in the Big Ten, especially in the Big Ten East. So nobody's going to poo-poo, you know, how you get it done. Um, so if you run the ball 65 times in a game and end up winning, good good on you. That shows some kind of progressional evolution of the of the schedule, of the team, of the game plan, which is something that, unfortunately, there has been very little evidence of thus far. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's really another person you want to watch. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, you know, can camper continue what he's doing? Does the line finally figure it out? Exactly. Is there a tight end that emerges who can be a consistent threat? Who's not getting flags all the time mm-hmm. and they can block. Um, so yeah, of course, um, defense, what do you got? Uh, for defense, I mean, I think the default answer is always going to be to San McCullough just from the, like the, Oh my God factor. Um, so it, he's one of those guys who, when they actually show the all 22, uh, your eyes just immediately go to, and you're like, oh, okay, I want to see what he's going to do on this play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of DBs that we can point out because you want to see progress. We did get to see a little bit of, uh, was it James Mons who I think played a little bit last week? Um, Lewis Moore is that you're talking about? He, no, he played as well. Mons got a, I think he even got a tackle last week. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of what if they go a younger route on defense. We're hoping they go a younger route on offense. If they go a younger route on defense, you know, it's who's that guy who has maybe two or three games of who can still keep his red shirt, who can get out there and produce. Um, so you know, Mons, Baby Mullen, uh, those guys would be really cool to see out there. Um, but I really think that the answer is ultimately going to be Desan McCullough because it's just so much fun to watch. There, I mean, if there's nothing else going on, you guys are losing by 15 and I have to watch the game. He's the best part of it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to continue to keep my eyes locked in on it. I'm going with Cam Jones. If he can bounce back from the injury, come back to the same Cam Jones that he was um, prior to the injury. Uh, he's going to be, uh, he's got to play himself back, I think, into um, a draftable player, um, I think. So he, at the beginning of the season, the way he started, I mean, I was shouting day two. I mean, this dude was playing himself into being a very high draft pick um, at the linebacker position. And since we haven't seen him in what it's been three and a half weeks now or so, um <clears throat> It's uh, it, I'm excited to see what he can do if he's back on the field against Penn State. So, um, no Brandos Randos this week, nope. but uh, Seth has got his sack full for you guys, and so let's have it, Seth. All right, so we talked a lot about the good stuff that's happened. I'm going to ask you for the biggest disappointment. 
now it doesn't have to be a person, a player. It can be an event, a game, an experience, a play, um, a coach. Um, but what has been your biggest disappointment this season? Um, I've got a couple. I mean, I can I could choose a player. I think I'm I'm pretty disappointed in Connor. Um, I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, so I'll just pick an individual play and in a game, and that was the Maryland game and Anderson Kobe's fumble um, with five minutes or so to go, driving, easily driving. I mean, huge kick return back from, I believe it was Lucas, back to midfield or so, and then two plays in. The crowd is is feeling good, looks good for us. Defense has come in against a backup quarterback. You know, everything seems to be going IU's way in that game. And then the fumble comes out and then a third and nine after that, which we've, we've hammered again over and over and over again. Um, You get that. It, it, there was just, that was an incredibly deflating loss um, to the point to where I was, you know, we're, we're desperate to win at Rutgers. You shouldn't be desperate to win at Rutgers. You should just expect to win at Rutgers. Um, I mean, that was disappointing. The second half in that game Saturday was disappointing as well. But I think the most disappointing moment for me so far is going to be that um, that fumble against Maryland. Um, I just for who gives a uh, but I had Walt Bell um, just the le- he looks like Hercules, that first script drive of the game. He calls these great plays. He gets players involved. He makes sure that the right players touch the ball. And then from drives two through nine, he just makes some of the most baffling play calls that you can possibly, you know, fathom. Um, and, you know, again, it's an eight game sample size. So all things considered, it's not a ton of track record, but um, offensive coordinators are easy people to point the finger at when things aren't going well and are easy people to move on from. Um, so, you know, is he coaching for his job at this point? I'd hope he coaches like it um that's all i'll say about that okay um, hold on hold on i want to i want to defend walt here okay um if you didn't listen to brandon's pod whenever he did that i can't remember when it was um he he kind of took walt bell's side here my side basically where i mean you you saw some of the plays you saw some of the throws you saw some of the Man, I, I don't want to harp on individual players, but Sean, how many we run the outside zone or the inside zone, whatever you want to call it. And he's it's almost like he's seeking or like he's attracted to the other team's defensive line. And it, I don't understand it where we saw we saw a good angle against Rutgers on maybe a second and short second and four second and three. We were ahead of schedule. Um and Sean, for some reason, instead of just just pick up some yardage, doesn't pick it up. Or you've got Henderson after a big play where they've split Henderson out to the left. We're sitting, we're sitting in my basement in Indiana, Fishers, Indiana, far away from Piscataway. We all knew where the ball was going. It was a screen out to Henderson. He's not seven foot five. You can't throw the ball that high to him. He's not going to catch it. Wide open probably 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. He's getting down that. He's getting there. That's fine. That's a totally different game. If things are executed the way they're supposed to be executed, 
I think that's a big problem. We've talked about this. Baz is not his quarterback. We got Baz in before Bell, um, which I think was a mistake. You know, obviously you can sit here and say that now. Uh, it's really easy to say it now. Um, but, you know, at the time, I, and I was even through some of the bad times, I've been pumped for Baz. But at this point, it, he's just not the right fit for this offense. We need some sort of mobility, especially with the status of the offensive line at this point. Um, so and I'll I, say some of the best run plays have been when Baz has kept it on that read, that read option yeah. play. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to dis- discount that. Um, but if you had like a Dexter Williams, somebody who was a little bit more athletic, you could play, you could run that play a little bit more and maximize on, on that being one of the better plays in the playbook. Yeah. I'm just saying we do have a backup quarterback who's a wide receiver that mm-hmm. started at quarterback for multiple games last season that could do that exact same thing. And he's very rarely utilized. He also has a quarterback rating that I'm looking at right now of 293.2. What one for one for <laughs> one for one yards. for 23 yards the completion yeah. over to baz who also has one catch on one target for 23 yards so um but you know i i i'm very uh infamous for defending walt bell so i don't want to i don't want to continue to do that too much i mean we'll see i think once we give him a, a full season maybe he makes adjustments at coming out of the bye week i don't know but um Ooh, that's a good that's a good study to see so that's my next question is what do you want to see most improved in the last four games? Um, that's a good question. I would think this is a weird one to pick. We've talked about it already today. I think player selection. Yep. So I think the right running back, the right quarterback, the right offensive lineman, Oh, again, Josh Sales. I don't want to hate on him too much. He's a very young kid. He's he's a freshman, right? A redshirt freshman. Josh Sales. No. Uh, look at him. He's scrambling on his phone. He has a computer right in front of his face, and he can't just type this into his computer. I'm pretty sure Josh Sales is he's very young. He is a freshman, and you know he got he got ate up. Redshirt freshman. He got ate up last week in a, on a couple things towards the end, especially the big uh, pick six. That was off of Josh Sales's uh, right tackle. Some sort of consistency on the on the offensive line, which we know has not been great, but it's been how many years now, Seth? Two years now we've been screaming for a consistency on the offensive line. Um, I, I guess just player selection. That's, that's what I'm going to pick. That's what I'd like to see. I think everything else is there. We've talked about it over the last few weeks. If they can just piece together a full game, a consistent full game, they did. They were pretty close against Maryland, but if you start both halves with an interception on the very first possession, and then you cough up the ball on your own third on the opponent's thirty yard line while driving, it, you just can't do that. That was the closest they've been so far. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see that. You know what? That's that's what I'll pick. I'll just go ahead and pick that. Just wipe out everything I just said. Uh, I'd like to see a full game. Let's see a full game all the way across offense, defense, special teams. And let's see if they, we'll see what can happen. Cause I think, I think, cause everybody knows me, Mr. Homer here, always play Penn state tough at home always. And if they could put together a tough one, I'm not saying they're going to win, not saying they're going to win. Not going to say that. I think it'd be an interesting game. So let's see. 
All right. I had play complimentary football, so mine kind of echoes both of your talking points. Uh, one of the biggest frustrating points, the Rutgers game was Rutgers goes on this really long drive and the defense is getting kind of pushed back and beat up. I think they give up a touchdown. Um, and then the, the ensuing Hoosier drive pass on first down incomplete pass on second down incomplete pass on third down incomplete 15 seconds punt. And so now you have this tired defense who, you know, at, at that point, you might just run the ball three times, take up all 40 seconds off the play clock just yeah. to give them two minutes of you know recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where's that kind of complimentary football or when a defense, you know, they didn't get any interceptions or fumbles uh, last last week. But, you know, when they do get them turning those into seven points instead of three or fumbling it back or Rutgers scored tr- 17 points off of turnovers last yeah. week, I'm pretty sure. Or trading blocked field goals, um, which I think is what happened, what the Michigan game. Um, so it's just, it's all about that complimentary football. It's having the offense pick up the defense, vice versa, having the special teams, you know, come in and, and getting that 15 yard, uh, field position difference when you down a punt at the five, instead of, you know, going into the end zone and get it, take it back to the 20. Um, so really seeing, like you said, a full offense, defense, special teams, uh, working in unison to complement each other. Um, and even if you lose at that point, at least you had, you know, three phases, uh, you know, that were effective and working together to put you in the best position to win. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, they did not score 17 points off of turnovers. Um, they did score seven off of turnovers and that was the difference in the game. So, um, <clears throat> okay. Right. Anything one else? More. Or else yeah, what's, we just what's need your to run through biggest fear in the last four games? So biggest, I have, yeah. So I have transfers and going zero and four. Both, yeah. It's always been it's been my biggest fear that Deshaun McCullough is out. Um, I don't think so. I don't think he is. I think he's he knows that he's important. I think he knows that he's loved. I think he knows that he's a massive part, and that the fact that he's probably going to be named a national um, refreshment All American by probably multiple sites and multiple people and hopefully the ap can recognize that too um hopefully that gets him to stay but i i'm you know it's just the time of the year it's just what it is with the way that college football is now is the transfer market's going to be nuts no matter how good your team is anyway um but it still makes me nervous um but i i think the owen four is the biggest that's my biggest fear I'm cool. You know, I we're we're we've already talked about it. We're cool with chalking up. I think one of the three of it being a pretty bad loss. Um bad being the score difference. I think even if they do go 0 and 4 over the next four, if they're close, like one possession games, maybe final possession games, it would be swallowable. That's not a word. <laughs> Bearable. Um, but, uh, but no, I think Owen four is my biggest fear. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So last thing we're going to run through, this has already been way longer than what we expected. So, um, big 10 predictions for the games this weekend. Somehow the little brother decided he was going to copy big brother and take that weekend off. So we don't have to talk about Purdue. Um, but we're going to start from the bottom, Seth, this is, this is chronological chronological. Is that a right thing? chronological order is that time yeah yeah so we're going to do the opposite of that so we're going to start with the night game and then go to the 3 30 games then go to the noon games so abc 7 30 
Michigan State at number four, Michigan. We're going to go by the spread, Seth. I got Michigan minus 23. What do you got? Uh, I would take Michigan State. You're going to take Michigan State with a plus 23 on the road? Yeah, against the spread. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Plus 23 yeah, on the I'm road. Not, against... I'm, yeah, I'm not going to take them out right money line, although I would love to see it. Um, it may happen. It always I, happens. Oh, in the big house. Oh, I love it. I keep do saying that. Do you remember that the punt? punt? The punt? Yo, yes. God, so good. Yes. Oh, the botched punt, not muff. You know what but, happened yeah. with that, right? It was a blocked punt. It was a blocked oh, punt. And so then the good. dude that scores the touchdown got a season-ending injury uh-huh. because of the celebration in the end zone. Um but yeah, I'm gonna go Michigan minus 23. I think that it, I think if Minnesota can can just it destroy Michigan State um, in Michigan State, I I can't imagine what Michigan can do with them. So um, this is the uh, the big game of the week: Northwestern at Iowa. Somehow Iowa getting 11 points or giving 11 points. Iowa 11 point favorite. Over under on this one is a fat 37 and a half. Seth, what are you doing? I want both. I want your spread and over under. You want my spread? Yeah. Um, <laughs> give me Iowa and give me the under. I think this is this has like nineteen uh, eleven written all over it. Just some ugly game where teams are trying to get points on the board any way possible. And um, yeah, I have uh, nineteen eleven, uh, nineteen eight. Then I guess that's a push. <laughs> oh shit. I can't, yeah. I, I don't, they might not score 11 points. Uh, okay. I talked myself into it. Give me Northwestern plus 11 in the under. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Give me, give me Northwestern plus 11. And the, yeah, I think the talk no, yourself in it. Come on. I dare you. Tell over. me it's going to be give 21 20. Give me the over. <laughs> I think that it's going to be 24 17. Oh um, my. Reason being no more Spencer Petrus. Petrus, whatever, right? Because he got yanked last game. I can't, yeah, you can't but, go back uh, to him, can you? Yeah. Uh Padilla, Padilla didn't do much better. Well, I, I think they have a I think they have a Brian Ferris problem. I think well, that's the Padilla Padilla at least out, offers some sort of a running threat from what we saw. Yes, that's um, true. I'll give okay. you that much. Here's an interesting, an interesting one, really interesting one. Number 17, Illinois getting or giving seven and a half on the road at Nebraska. Nebraska playing pretty well as of late um where are you going uh give me the line eye and the points i you you haven't believed me all season i haven't believed you i have not believed you and i've seen it i've seen that he's a first round pick seth i get it I think I've we got two. I think with Witherspoon and Martin are both. What is it? Quan Martin and I, oh, I can't remember. Witherspoon, Witherspoon, Witherspoon was like the DB of the year in the right. in the Big Ten in the midseason rankings. Well, was he? Was he when he got? Um, I think it was PF, when he got PFF, for 100 plus PFF. Yeah, whatever. He got torched for hundred plus by Camper all day, all freaking day. Hasn't that, hasn't given up anybody else though. Well, that's it. That's what happens. You get beat by the elite, and then you just sit here and go through the rest of the Big Ten. Yeah, um, so so I I get it. I think I Nebraska is playing much better, um, but I think, and again, you wouldn't have caught me dead saying this ten weeks ago. I think, I think the Illinois team has a better roster. Yeah, they do. Um, uh, I think you're going to see black black shirts. I think you're going to see the black shirts from Nebraska in this game. If we haven't, I don't think we've seen it yet, but I think you're going to see the black shirts. Give me Nebraska with the points 
but Illinois wins. Illinois wins on the road, keeps it going. They win the West. So, um, all right, here's not a fun one. Uh, Rutgers is at Minnesota. Minnesota minus 14 against that Rutgers D. Uh, there should be a rule that neither team is allowed to throw the ball. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota went to a backup quarterback last week. What? He had, uh, oh God, I'm going to butcher this. Kaliaka Mantis, something like that. Kaliaka Mant- Kaliak Mantis. Um, I, dude, I don't know. What um, happened to Tanner Morgan? I, th- uh, I think he got a concussion or mm. they, oh, sorry, an upper body injury. Sorry. Um, yeah, so he had a uh, so he got pulled. Um, he wasn't really that good before then. He's not really that good. Uh, so whatever. The, so the reason I say that is because I'm looking at. I look today. I can't remember. I was looking at like Michigan State stuff or something. He here's his stat line against Michigan State on the road. You ready? Tanner Morgan, twenty three of twenty six, two hundred and sixty eight yards passing, three touchdowns, a quarterback rating of ninety six point seven. He was but great. It's, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Read me another. Read me another game log. Let's on go to there. another one. So, so they did start four and zero. They're now four and three, I believe, um, with losses consecutively to Purdue, hey. at Illinois, and hey. at Penn State. So let's look at the Illinois game. He was against a good defense. He was. Four of 12 for 21 yards and an there interception. And then, That's your boy, the one. then your buddy came in, um, whatever his name is, Kalika, Kalika Mankus, or whatever. I don't know. Mantis. Mantis. Um, okay, either way, that's enough. So what are you doing here? I'm um, going to go Rutgers with plus 14. That's what I'm going to do, only because I don't know if either team's going to score 14 points. That's That's the only reason. Yep. yep. I think what we saw in the second half was the real Rutgers defense. Um the first half, I think that they were, I don't know, still asleep. I, I have no idea. I don't know. We told you they were going to be good. And uh, aside from this touchdown, they gave up on the uh, on the kickoff for opening kickoff return. They only gave up 10 points. Yeah. I mean, you'll win a hell of a lot of games giving up only 10 points. Well, you should win a hell of a lot of games only giving up 17 points. You're absolutely <laughs> right. In the big <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, um, okay. Here's the big one. And I cannot believe it's not a night game, Seth. It's this should have been the shame. whiteout. Yeah. They are, they are giving Ohio state the path to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. They're making sure that they do not get upset in happy Valley, Ohio state, mm-hmm. number two in the country, getting, giving 15 and a half to Penn state. Where are you going with this? Cause I'm going to hammer the Buckeyes in this one. Because again, we have a little bit of quarterback controversy. Uh, would they bring in Ayler again? Aller, whoever Did they're they? stud. I, I don't watch any Penn State. Oh, they just they, they just he's destroyed a Minnesota. I, well, yeah, no. Anyways, the whole point is, um, they. I don't want to say they have a controversy. Um, I want to see. see I just want to see. I just want to see that guy play. Oh he my goodness, up. Sean Clifford was in. They didn't pull him. Believe me, no. they put him in. Drew 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 Aller. Aller Aller. Yeah, he looked great against Purdue when he was in there yeah. for a couple times. He's I like six five, six five, two forty five. Yeah, and can run. Yeah, yeah, that guy's gonna be good. Yeah. He's gonna be a problem. So, so if if nobody's creating the controversy, quarterback controversy in state college, let me do it. Um, they should definitely be starting the freshman. Let me read Big Red Dog's stat line real quick from last week: twenty three of thirty one, two ninety five, four touchdowns oh, and a pick. That was a good. He had a good game. He had a good game. Okay. Um, 15 and a half man that it's sounds nice. like a lot they play them tough they at, usually beat them at night 
And remember that like home field advantage in college football is like guaranteed what three to seven points depending yeah, on but it's a nooner on Fox, which I'm assuming oh God. is Gus Johnson Gus gonna be on. Johnson. So it's gonna of be of course close. he is. <laughs> it's the Cincinnati, Cincinnati kid. kid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Cincinnati kid keeps Against it close. Maybe his I won't. Home state buckeyes. Buckeyes. <laughs> I can't uh, wait for Marvin Harrison Jr. Just like his dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like his dad, who is from Philadelphia. Bam! No. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of points, man. It is uh, a lot. Oh, this is the toughest one by far. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take I, Ohio I would, State. I would lean towards Penn State just because they're at home. Um, yeah. but my brain is telling me Ohio state because I mean, they're two touchdowns better than most teams. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, I can wait. What do you think? All right, real quick. And then we're done. Ohio state's money line or Ohio state's spread right now at home against Indiana. 33. I'm going to go 33 and a half. I'd go 37 and a half. Okay. I think that's a little fat. I think the defense is good enough to keep them from 30, 35. So I think they can keep it within. You can, you can lose 41 to three and the defense still pretty well play play pretty well. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. I just saw them destroy. Iowa's defense. I was going to say that Iowa has a really good defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's good enough. Whatever. Final statement. No no need for that. Be sure to check out the pod on Twitter. It's at podcast. LEO. We're not going to be doing a whole lot other than retweeting for about a week. Uh, Be sure to download rate review, follow on all of our platforms and uh, that's it. Brandon will be back. uh, What's the next time we're not going to record for a week. So you guys enjoy it. Yeah. The time off. Um, I'm going to Vegas. What are you doing? Going to Evansville, going to Vegas. Okay, I'm, wow, Evansville. Good for yeah, you, man. We're going to the exact opposite. Place. It's like the same. Oh, I was gonna say it's like <laughs> same thing. I think it's like the same amount of travel, except yeah. I'll be in the. I'll be on a bird. Oh, I hate yeah. When people say that. Uh, basket, oh, basketball season starts. Uh, Oakland City uh, has an exhibition at Evansville on Saturday. Purple Aces at the Ford Center or whatever yep. it's called. Nice. Yeah, that's right. All right, man. All right, see it. Love you guys, Elio. Elio, he said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much. Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.